Welcome to Caffeine, Crime and Canines, a podcast brought to you by two girls who love their dogs, love coffee, but most importantly, love true crime. Hey, Lockie. Hey, Karina. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Happy Easter. You too. How have you been? Yeah, good. It's been nice having a few extra days off. What about I'm, you? Um, I know. I'm loving it. And the weather's been amazing. Sorry. So no complaints here. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. I actually just took Ollie for a walk and it was so nice outside. Really? Victor's been the worst walker lately. Like I feel yeah. like I'm carrying him half the walk. Like, he just <laughs> will not walk. <laughs> so lazy and he's put on so much weight so I really need to get him to walk but he just yeah, he's not into it <laughs> oh I feel him <laughs> I'm hoping it's just this weather I think it's like do you know what I mean the weather's putting him off because it's so yeah we'll see that's the excuse I'm giving myself now otherwise I'm gonna have to start like googling how to get him to start walking because <laughs> it's ridiculous. And even the other week I was, I was technically walking him, but um, my cousin drove past, I was carrying him because he just wouldn't walk and I was determined to get my steps up. <laughs> and she messaged me, she's like, Karina, when you take Victor for a walk, he's meant to walk. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I don't know what else to do. Oh. That's so funny. I know. Um, before we get into this week's case, I just need to clarify that Last week I was talking about the Adnan documentary. Yes. And I go- I Googled around and realised that I must have been living in 2019 because <laughs> the, the documentary that I was thinking about was the HBO, the, the one that we watched yes, a few years ago. I, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> you got my hopes up there. I was like, oh, I wonder if, yeah, I was hoping that you, I, w- I couldn't find anything and you'd actually heard something, but yeah. No, I that must have sucked. got it wrong, but um, yeah. There was well, hopefully someone makes some sort of documentary soon because I feel like there's heaps to talk about. Yes, I agree. That would be great. Actually, before we get into the case again, um, so with our first episode, we did some bloopers at the end. So I we kind of just mashed in random conversations that we didn't put in the main podcast, and I thought. Maybe we should put it to Instagram, Karina, and see whether people liked that or not. Yes, I got I got mixed feedback as well. Yes. I think everyone liked it, but a lot of people didn't know what it was. was. So exactly, yeah. <laughs> Once I told them, no, it's meant to be in there. It's it was our blooper, or you know, it's meant to be our bloopers. And um, like, oh, I love that idea. But originally, I got like three messages saying, "Oh my gosh, there's something at the end." I don't think it's meant <laughs> to be there. I'm like, no, it is. <laughs> so I think let's do a poll on Instagram. When this episode yes. goes live, we'll do a poll, and if you liked the bloopers, let us know, and we'll keep we'll keep putting them in there. Yeah, and uh, don't feel bad to tell us your real opinion if you didn't like the bloopers. Just yeah, just let us vote know. no. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> All right, should we should we get into it? Yes. Do you have your coffee ready? What coffee do you have today? Um, I haven't. I don't have a coffee at the moment. What? Walkie. I'm, I'm so hungover. I feel so ill. <laughs> I did try and have a coffee this morning and I did want to share it because it, it's, it's great. So I um, have a Nespresso pod machine, which I know a lot of coffee lovers kind of turn their nose up at that. But I love my Nespresso machine and, I, you know, I spend a little bit more money and it's one of the ones that, you know, puts the milk in for you and everything. But Wait, is it pod or is it, uh, was it grains? No, what's that thing beans. called? Beans. No, beans. it's, it's yeah. pods. But I do buy my pods from this little company in Melbourne. They're called Pod and Parcel. And they... That sounds cute. Yeah, that their pods are 100% biodegradable and 100% compostable. So I can just chuck them in the bin and they just, you know, break Go down. With the compost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're not like... Because I know the Nespresso pods are so bad for the environment. But these ones are good for the environment and they taste amazing. And the one that I've been loving at the moment is called Florentino and it's like got a strength rating of 12. So it's one of the more stronger pods you can get, but it is the most delicious coffee ever. And I definitely prefer them to sometimes buying coffee. I love my coffees at home. That is huge. I'm going to have to come over for one of these coffees, Lucky. Definitely. I'm a bit of a snob. I usually buy my coffee out. Yeah, what about you? And I, you, and I have to have what, like at least one a day. But yesterday, can I tell you, I went to the beach because it was such nice weather. And uh, me and a friend, we stopped off at Starbucks and got Frappuccinos because I've been yeah. craving the Frappuccinos since I got back from Gold Coast. And that's all I think about. And it's so hard to find 
frappuccinos, especially almond ones, yeah, they are so hard to get a hold of. Like I know Starbucks do them, but I I'm embarrassed to say, but I did try McDonald's the other day. Like I did try to get a frappuccino from McDonald's because they've got the good almond milk, the milk club, but they don't do the frappuccinos with almond milk, which oh. is, yeah, I was devastated because obviously there's McDonald's everywhere. So yeah, that would have been easy, oh. especially for this weather. So well, that's good. But, yeah. you got one. I know. I know. I'm still thinking about it. And because it's so nice that I was thinking, oh, wait, because there's one um, close by at Chadston. That's like the only Starbucks in our area. Uh, but Chadston's like a huge shopping center. So it's crazy because it's been closed over the Easter weekend. I feel everyone's like freaking out that they can't go to the shop so it's so busy so to go there I'm gonna wait till like closing time and then yeah. just pop in and get one yeah sounds like a great idea but I've just made a little uh, pov coffee today <laughs> <laughs> well I made my own sort of iced coffee but it's just instant with milk and ice blocks yeah. and it's delicious yeah I see I, I've got my water here I'm trying to hydrate myself hydrate yeah <laughs> I'm not feeling good. good let me get let's get through this podcast and you can go back to bed <laughs> sounds good all right let's let's get into it Okay, so today we'll be discussing the case of the missing campers. So Russell Hill and Carol Clay, they went missing on the 20th, well, it's reported on the 20th of March 2020. So I thought it'd be nice just to give a little bit of a background of uh, Russell and Carol. Um, I couldn't find a lot to tell you the truth just on them, um, but the, the things that I did find was, so Russell was 74, he was very fit for his age he camped regularly. He had a deep understanding of bushland. He also was part of an amateur radio club. So I from I looked into this as well because I was really curious to see like what is a radio club? <laughs> do you did you know? Do you know what it well, is? Well, I yeah, I was thinking the same thing. But do they just talk to each other through the radio? Like yeah, it sounds so cute. <laughs> I think so. I'm pretty sure that's six o'clock. Every evening, they like log on. They must log on to like a little station, and they chat. Like, there's like a group of them that chat, and because they're like older men, maybe they're like out in the bush. Like, some are fishing, some are camping. So it's like a way of communicating how sweet that. That's really cool. So, but I, I've, I've got a feeling that it's also available. Like, for instance, if his, you know, children wanted to listen, I, I'm not. All right, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure they could log on and just listen to him chatting with his friends as well. Oh yeah. So I thought that was really yeah. cute. Um, so Russell had been married for 50 years. He was financially secure and he had been a contractor logger. So I, I again, I didn't know what that was. I'm pretty sure today, actually, I should be asking you this because I feel like that's something you'd know. <laughs> Do you know what that is, Lucky? I think, did, uh, did he just drive trucks for the yes. logging company? Yeah, but it's, he, I don't see, I didn't know if this is the same, like if this was part of the same job because, you know, I'm, yeah. Like, yeah, I was not 100% sure with this, but I know that he built the road they drove on yes. to get to their camping site. So that's what I was going to ask you is a logger, does a logger build roads? Like, I have no, no idea. No, I think a logger is literally just like cuts down trees. And drives cut. So then he must have done something else as well previously um, with roads and things like that because I, I definitely, and I've seen it reported quite a bit that he – had built the road that they'd driven on. Yeah, that's quite interesting, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, that he was obviously very familiar with the area that he was in. Yeah, and I actually saw as well that he'd been up there just a few weeks before and mm. it again reported that he'd been up there at least two other times. Yeah. So I think like a three in total. Um, so he was definitely familiar with the area because um, he had worked up there and also just um, camping in general. Like it's something that he really loved to yeah. do. Yeah. Um, so I'll just give you a quick background on Carol also. So Carol was 73. She was divorced. Uh, she was, oh, I thought this was really sweet. She was a president of the Country Women's Association. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think a lot of people described her as like a beauty queen. Like she really loved getting dressed up. She always wore lipstick. Her hair was always done. Uh, she seemed so sweet. Just looking at the photos, it's so sad. Um, really elegant, hardworking uh, always dressed to the nines. She had a shining reputation, and she was. I saw on because I know we both did watch the um, the Liz Hayes mm. under investigation, and they had said that she was a bit of a rule follower. Yes, so um, she wasn't one to get yeah to get into trouble and things like that. I think that that's an interesting point that Russell was married still. I think his wife' name was Robin, and Carol was divorced. I think that. 
is you know that goes back to her being a rule follower you know she's divorced yes. her husband because she you know loves Russell Russell Rus- hadn't divorced his wife you know like I think that kind of I know that aspect of her personality yeah and, and you know what's really hard I couldn't find I in some reports it said that she was a good like a loving grandmother but I couldn't find any details on her actual family which is completely fine they obviously want to just remain really private it's such a hard situation but um yeah it's really sad when you look at it like that that nobody like have you seen much from their actual family no. did you find anything yeah no, I couldn't find it couldn't find much at all I know there are reports that they were like childhood teenage sweethearts yeah but they were a really odd couple so even just looking at just like the little summer not it's not even really a summary that I've given but just the details I could find of them like she was really like a bit glam like loved her hair being done things like that whereas Russell was like you know always in the bush um camping and stuff so I can see how they would be an odd couple like completely different yeah sort of lifestyles yeah yeah that's um that's a good point. But at the same time, again, I saw two reports. I saw one report that they'd been having an affair for up to 20 years. And then I'd also seen a report that it could be anywhere between 50 years and 60 years, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah, see, I, I, I remember 60 years. That was on the Liz Hayes the, thing. 60 yes. years, like that is a long time. Exactly. And the fact that they were fair, like they described, like Russell's family described Carol as a family friend. Mm. So they, they obviously were aware, like they obviously were family, were aware of her and that they were friends, but maybe just not to the extent. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but another, uh, another few other things that I found is that his wife, obviously she didn't know that he was going camping with Carol, mm. but there are rumours that she was aware that they were having an affair. Yeah, see, that's quite quite odd as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, unless it's just like a relationship of convenience. But, uh, again, it's, yeah, it's a tough one to talk about, I guess. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know how long Russell and his wife are married for, but maybe they just got to a point where it's like, well... It's it's a bit easier to just stay married. You do you, and I'll do me, type of thing. Yeah, I think I, I actually found that they were married for fifty years. Okay. So his wife of fifty years. Okay. Yeah, but in saying that, there are, as I said, so this relationship between Carol and Russell has been reported to be going on for years and years. And apparently, she used to go on truck trips with him, which would probably explain when you were saying about the logging. Like she would go up with him, like and do the trips. Yeah. So it must have been going on for a while. Long time. Yeah. And very secretive by the sounds of it. Yeah. So, and, and like in that under investigation, I think his friend had spoken about it and did, I'm pretty sure one of his close friends had said that he'd been introduced to Carol, but he was a little bit like, oh, it's a bit sort of odd that you've got a close relationship with another female. Like he, I'm not sure if he'd taken her somewhere, but they had definitely met. Did you see that on under investigation? Yeah. That was that Rob. Yeah. 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 She, he said that he, Russell introduced Carol to him as a friend, but it was yeah. quite obvious that they were a lot more than friends. More than friends, yeah. yeah. They also talk about in there that it's really common, which I was like, oh, this is so interesting. And this never would have crossed my mind that apparently in retirement homes, there are heaps of affairs. Like it's really common for yeah. over 55. Yeah. It's weird. So, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's weird to think about, isn't it? <laughs> We might get into just maybe the outline of what actually happened yep. Yep. or what we know happened, so facts really. Yep. So we know that on the 19th of March 2020, Russell collected Carol from her home to go on to their camping trip. Yep. She'd only told friends that she, she didn't tell anyone, obviously, who she was going with or where she was going, but she did say that she'd be back on the 28th, 29th. Yep. Uh, whereas Russell had given a slightly different return date, but they do say that maybe it's because he was very flexible uh, with when he'd have to be home. Like I, I think that obviously he was retired, so he didn't need to come home for anything in particular. So maybe the dates were just off for that reason. Like maybe he, he was thinking, you know, like if he could stay longer, he could, he would. And right, like obviously she may have had to be home for something. So I didn't think that was too much of a like what, concern. Do we, know, that, that... do we know what he said he was like what day he said he was going to come back? 
No, I don't. All I, I actually saw two reports and both of them said the exact same thing. Both of them said that Carol had given exact or had said that it was either the 28th to the 29th should be back. Yeah. And he had just given a slightly different date. So whether that was like the 30th or whether it was a little bit before, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, so also the mobile data tracked them all the way to the heart of the Alps, which is where they were heading for yep. their camping trip. Yeah. Uh, so as I said, they headed, well, they drove down one of the roads that Russell had actually built, which I found really eerie. Like how, isn't that weird? Yeah, that is weird. So he was really familiar, as we spoke about earlier, with the area um, and he knew the place really well. Um, I said earlier that he'd been there already definitely two times before. Mm-hmm. So it, it is rumoured that it's one of the most isolated places in the southern hemisphere. How crazy yes. is that? Yes, that is crazy. And, like, just even looking at, like, aerial photos of the area, like, it's this, it's just so dense. <laughs> like I know. And there's yeah. no mobile reception there. Yeah. Uh, I actually looked I was just like Googling away and I found an article and actually showed like it must have been a car had sort of driven in that same direction and they had filmed it and it's completely like just you cannot, you can just see bush. It's There's yeah. nothing around. Yeah. Mm. So there's there are some public toilets in the area though. Yeah. Um, so once they got to the area, so they drove on the 19th up there. Now on the, on March 20th, Oh, sorry, actually, I might just mention that they were seen out and about on late Friday afternoon. Um, there are reports that they had been seen out. Okay. So that must have just been by a passerbyers or um and, and they had actually somebody had actually mentioned that um Carol looked a little bit out of place because obviously she would have had her lipstick on and her hair yeah. would have been done nice. Um so on the twentieth of March, so this is the following day at six PM. Russell joined his amateur radio club and spoke with his friends. So they spoke for about 30 minutes on the call. And then once um, the other friends dropped off, he continued having conversation with his friend, Rob Ashland. Mm -hmm. Um, So this Rob Ashland is the one, I think they had camped together before. Um, He continued on speaking with him. He's also in the Under Investigation documentary. Mm -hmm. So he didn't mention that he was having any problems apart. I think he was having some signal problems. Did you see that? Well, no. There's like a, there a slight, oh gosh, I should have actually written that down. There was a slight issue, but it was nothing that like they were weary of. Like there was no other problems apart from maybe like uh, uh, getting signal or something like that. But he, obviously he made the call and it was fine. So they just had, had a little chat um, about that. So the call ended at around 6.40. Yeah. And pretty sure... Um, Russell didn't mention to Rob that he was with Carol. No, he didn't. didn't. No. no. So that so that's something that uh, they did not know that it was, you know, very quite kept quite under the rug. Is that what you say? Under the rug. Under yeah. the hat. <laughs> swept under the rug. <laughs> yeah, swept under the rug. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um that yeah, that he had gone away with her. Um and that's really interesting because just to think, like, I'm just putting myself in their shoes. Like, he would have gone off and made this sort of call and she was would have either been, like, sitting. Like, it's not like she would have been wandering out. She would have been sitting there mm. right next to him, you know, like, oh. Yeah. Pretty, but as I said, this is something as well that they did often. Like, there are reports that they went on a, tramp, a camping trip back in Feb. Also, did you see that? I think late Feb. Yeah. They've been on a camping trip together. Yeah. So, and again, no one knew about that either. So it must just be like their little secret. Yeah. It's a little getaway. Um, so sunset on the 20th at 7.24. Yeah. Now, some people do say, or obviously campers in the area do think that they had seen the drone flying around that night. Yeah. I, I think that's weird that he was flying it in the dark. Yeah, oh, and that's one of the things that was brought up in the investigation, the, oh, in the under investigation, um, because exactly right, flying it around in the dark, and that, that's what I was saying. So if he finished his call at 6.40 and then 7.24 is when sunset, that's not a lot of time to be flying the drone. No. And especially if you haven't eaten, like yeah. unless they, they wanted to fly the drone for a little bit and then eat. Um, yeah, so. that, that's a good point because... I just I just found that 
that a very odd detail, like why you would be flying it at night. What What's the purpose of him flying it at night? If he was taking photos, you're not going to have, you know, very good. They're not going to be very clear. I, I don't know how good this drone is. Well, I, can I tell you, getting on this drone, because this is definitely something that I think will come into the investigation. Um, So something so sweet. Do you know that he had named his drone? Did he? Did you? Yes. And do you know what its name was? His, its name was Fred. <laughs> That's so cute. How freaking cute is that? Apparently it was like a $2,000 drone. So he's obviously well. attached to it. Yeah. So apparently, yeah, he loved this drone. So he he named it Fred. He used to love flying it. He took it out with him all the time. Uh, so it's not something like new, like he'd named it and he, everyone knew that he had this drone and that he really loved it. So I found that really interesting. Uh, we will have to dive in in a moment about um, some theories because it does come back to that drone and that time frame. So yeah. the 6.40 when that call finishes to the 7.24, like what could have happened between there that could lead to their disappearance. Yeah. Um, but I'll just keep going on with the facts that I've found. Um, so that was the last time anyone had heard from Russell, which was the 20th of March 2020. The next day, so around 2 p.m. the next day, there were some campers or passerbyers that found a burnt-out campsite. Yeah. So I think they found it odd, but they didn't really think too much of it. They did take photos of the site, though. Mm. So they took photos of the site and moved on. They didn't report it or anything like that. I think they just thought it was odd, moved on. Um. So going back to his friend, Russell's friend, um, now, he didn't hear from him the following evening, so the 21st. He didn't hear anything, but he didn't find that too odd because he had spoken with him the next day and he just m- might have thought that, you know, he was out and about exploring. Yeah. Um, but then after he hadn't heard from him for two days, he started to get quite worried. They'd camp together quite often and he knew that something, like something mustn't have felt right. Like he must know his sort of routine when he does go camping and for him not to check in with his friends was quite odd. Yeah. Uh, So there's, there's a few different reports on what went on from this point. There's a report that his friend had then contacted his wife to maybe report him missing. And there's other reports that his friend contacted uh, police directly. So uh, did you, I don't know if you found anything Um, between those two reports. I just remember from the Liz Hayes series that he said himself that he told his wife, he told Robin. Okay, perfect. And that Robin reported Russell missing when he didn't return. So I, I take that as as though Robin had a rough idea of the day he was going to be coming back and when he didn't come back that day, she reported him. So what date did she report him missing? Do we know? So I I, I do know. I didn't find the date, but it says five days passed before he was reported missing. So if you think of, so if I'm thinking the 20th, I'm guessing the 25th, 26th. Yeah, yeah. Which actually would make a lot of sense if they had given, if both uh, Carol and Russell had given different timelines for when they were due home. Maybe it was actually that Russell had given a few days earlier and Carol had given a few days later. So that sort of makes sense mm-hmm. that that's why the time's off a little bit. Yeah. Oh, so that makes a lot of sense actually about the that she had, she had waited to see if he returned home. So five days passed and then he was reported missing from his wife. Mm. Now, it wasn't until eight days later that they got on the floor to search for them and that their campsite was found. Yeah, that's – so these people that took a photo of the campsite, when did that photo get handed to the police? I think that once this was reported in the news, I'm guessing that they contacted police with the photo because it wasn't something that the police had to go searching for, like to see if anyone had – you know what I mean? Like mm. seeing this image, I, like they didn't know that anyone had walked past and taken a photo. I'm I'm just guessing that the people had walked by, taken a photo and thought, mm, this is odd. Yeah. And then they'd obviously seen the report on the news and are like, oh, could you imagine? Yeah. You've got the photo on your phone. Yeah. Like, how creepy. <laughs> find, but you know what? I find it odd Sorry. that they took a photo because they thought it was a bit weird, but then that's where they left. That's where it was left. Because yeah. to me, if I saw that and I thought, Oh, that's a, that's kind of normal. I would just walk on. 
if I thought it was weird and weird enough to take a photo of it, I feel like that would make me want to say something or tell someone. Yeah, that's so true. But unless, though, if they were camping, let's just say they were camping for a few days, let's say they were camping, going out for like five to ten days of camping, and then they take the photo and they're just like, oh, yeah, this is interesting, and then they get back home and then they see that these people are missing. You know what I mean? And don't forget there was no reception out there. Yes. So maybe in their head there was an urgency. Like they thought, we'll tell someone when we get back, but the urgency to actually call it in wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. That's true. So that that in the photo, I'm pretty sure that the uh, scorched campsite was found with flammable bottles in the tent. Yeah. So maybe we should talk about just a little bit about the actual campsite itself. Yeah, because the fire is a very it's sus. Yes, it's, it's sus. very very sus. <laughs> <laughs> it's very odd. So the the car is there. The car is locked. The keys are missing. Mm-hmm. In the actual car itself, they do say that their wallets were open and there was cards spread out in the car. Yes, but no debit cards. Yes. Yes. And so that's obviously that's bizarre in itself. So it means that an intruder had to have been there because why would they do that? You know what I mean? Yes. But then it's weird to lock the car. It's weird to not if you're an in- take- not if you're an intruder because I feel like Oh, maybe you're right. I just feel like if you're like a bit dodgy, you think if you lock the car, it's going to be harder for them to get in the car. Like let's just say someone comes across it, the car, it's harder for them to get in and find out the names and things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're thinking like that, like dodgy. Yeah, it's, it's a bit, I mean, I don't, I've never stolen anything from a car, so I don't, <laughs> don't know what I would do. But I think the fact it was locked and it, like, the fact that they locked it, I find that a little a little weird. Because like hey, everything oh, I don't know, I just it's just you so know weird. You know what I do find very interesting? Sorry, we I, I know we're backtracking a little bit, but I find it weird that it was this place is meant to be so deserted and whatnot, but their people walked past their campsite. Yeah. Isn't that is that a bit interesting? Like in the middle of the bush? Yeah, well yeah, that's right. They it was kind of made pretty um clear that it was so isolated and you know you know the roads up there were you know you had to drive like 10 hours an hour and blah blah blah. but yeah there was passers-by there was people hunting in the area there was another guy there there was people around by the sense not a lot but there was they weren't the only ones there exactly and so that makes yeah that so obviously that definitely makes me think that's something like a third party is involved yes i agree so we'll just quickly go through again like so what was missing so as we said we said that the credit so the some of the credit cards were missing yeah the car keys were missing yeah his drone fred was missing yeah both their phones were missing and this one creeps me out probably the most their sleeping bags were missing yes weird very what the heck yeah that's weird isn't it i think for me if their sleeping bags were found burnt out i would think oh they've hurt themselves or whatever like they've taken their phones and whatever and they've gone on a walk or something and something's caught caught a light but because the sleeping bags are missing it means that they were removed like they were removed from the tent you would never remove your sleeping bag from a tent unless you know, you're packing up like to exactly. put in the car. Like, why else would you take exactly? Yeah, yeah, I find that odd. Yeah. So th- some things about the fire as well. So I think that as I was saying before, they found a flammable gas bottle, and in the tent. So that gas bottle was in the tent. So their car wasn't ruined. So if something did happen, they could have driven away in their car. So their the car was still drivable. Yeah. Which is interesting. There were weird things though that were found in this fire mm-hmm. so um an empty drum a drum do we know what it was like do we know if no, that drum was it, russell's no but and that's the thing like when i think is that i'm guessing it's like a drum of something like it had what like is that like what a flint like what caught fire they don't know how the, the fire was started yeah. um it was uncontrolled fire 
as well. Um, and it was, un- as I said, there was unusual items in the fire. But things like that you'd think, for instance, let's just say their sleeping bags were in the fire. They think that there still would be some sort of evidence, like a zipper or something yep. like that, that would show that even though like things are completely burnt out, you could sort of still, I guess, get evidence of items that had been in the fire. So the fact that there was no zippers or anything associated with the sleeping bags in that fire makes them think that the sleeping bags are missing. Yeah. And especially like sleeping bags have nylon ropes in them that don't burn that easily. So I think if sleeping bags were burnt, we would have known. It, it would be obvious. So that's it. Yeah. I don't know if you saw also in the um, under investigation uh, documentary thing that the about his shoes, which I found a little bit creepy as well. So there was no evidence of Russell's shoes because apparently, it, like, it's like a rubber. I don't know. I don't, I'm not good with fires. Do you know anything about rubber and fire? Not really. Like, I, I think that there was no, again, evidence of Russell's shoes, which. I think they had rubber soles or something like that. So they're trying to say that there would be evidence of them if they were in the fire and there was no evidence of them. So we think so he must... that he had his shoes on Yes, or someone took them. I would, I would think he's got his shoes on. That's me though. What about Carol's what shoes? Well, this is one of my little questions <laughs> underneath. What, like, what, you know, what happened to her shoes? Unless maybe like a runner is different to like, yeah. these boots that he wears like yeah. I'm guessing that maybe there's like a difference between it's I know that there's something to do with the rubber soles so yeah okay. um but that's definitely a question that I had um how about Carol's shoes um I think that they'd been like see like I don't know if they had like camping chairs and stuff thrown around did you see anything like that like that were in the fire yeah it looked like that everything had been kind of thrown in so yeah like, yeah. Yeah, and there was like an accelerant that that sort of made it go up quickly, very hot and very quick. It was a very hot and very quick fire. Yeah. Um and also I feel like that they had done on one of the fire um was it a fire engineer had done some like test fires just to see how the fire behaves um in like a, a similar circumstance and he had found that um it would extinguish itself by itself if that particular fire was lit and it was an accident. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like it wouldn't have taken off without an accelerant like it did because obviously the whole area was torched. Yeah. But it's you know what's funny, and I'm not good with fires, but there's so much like nature and things around there. How did this fire not get out of control? You know, I was literally thinking the same thing. So like this time last year, what was the weather like? Because it's hot where we are now and that makes me think that whoever lit this fire stuck around until it had burnt out that that's exactly what i was thinking or they've put it out or yeah or they put it like they've burnt what they've needed to yeah and then they've just they're like all right that's enough to make it look sus or whatever they i don't know what are they trying to to achieve is what i'm thinking like why would you just randomly unless there's some sort of like shoe evidence or like you know, not sure, like footprints or something like that. Yeah. But even still, like, think about if something has happened to them at that campsite. They've put them, I know this sounds horrible, but they've used the sleeping bags as body bags. Yeah. And they've put that to the side and then they've lit a fire. There must be something, in, like, there must be some sort of evidence in that fire. And again, Fred, the little, um, the drone is missing. So it's not like Fred was in the fire. Yeah. It'd be interesting to know where, like, when Russell was camping, where he kept his drone. Like, did he lock it in his car? Did he put it in his tent? Like, I w- that would be interesting to know. I feel like, I don't even know him, but I feel like he would have slept. Like, it would have been near Tent's, him. Yeah. That's what I would just assume. I know that uh, police did uh, narrow their disappearance down to an 18-hour window. Mm-hmm. So they think that it's happened between six or 6.30, 6.40 on March the 20th and then 2 p.m. the next day when the other campers came upon the burnt campsite. And just another side note, when they did find that campsite, that area, like the camp, uh, sorry, the fire was cold, which means that it, was, it wasn't like still like steamy or anything like that. Yeah. So it had been out for a while. Yeah. Yeah, so that that makes me think that it was very close to that six thirty time because I know 
you know, like when I've gone camping and we put our fire out at night, the next morning, or it, it's it's kind of just, you know, smoke for a few hours after. The next morning, it it's sometimes is still got a little bit of smoke. You know what I mean? So I think like it's it's got to have happened that night, I think. Yeah, see, I'm so inexperienced. I don't think you could pay me to go camping. <laughs> Like, honestly, this just creeps me out even more. Like, oh, my gosh, I don't know how you go camping. (laughs) Oh, it's just, it's very weird. Like, I don't know. I just, the fire is is the main thing for me, I think. I feel like if there was no fire and that, I feel like the fire makes it more sus. Yes. Like, I'm sorry, but if something happened to them, why would they, unless it was just to throw them off, but the fire makes it more sus because if there was no fire, you'd think they wandered off into the bush and something's happened to them and let's go find them. Like that's that would be your train of thought. Whereas this fire, the scattered cards in the car, that all leads to really sus behaviour. It's not something that they'd, you, you know, you wouldn't leave your site like that and then just wander off and go missing or, which yeah. we should get into the theories, actually, of some of the theories that I've come across. Yeah. But just on another side note, I just wanted to quickly say it's really interesting that our COVID lockdown actually started, I think it was between the 21st and the 28th. So I think schools started to close on the 21st of March 2020. And I think by uh, the 28th of March, we we're heading into stage three lockdowns. Yeah. So... That makes me think there wouldn't have been as many people out and about and camping and a lot of evidence may have never been found because it wasn't till long after that, you know, the everyday person may have gone camping and come across something. Yeah, exactly. So we'll go into some theories now. So theory one, how do you feel about them running away together? Um, I don't believe it because I think that they've kept this a secret for what? 50 years why why now why what would make them want to you know at this age exactly exactly. right and they're both really close with their families yeah um I think there's been no there's been nothing on their bank accounts like no movement of any kind you know of their bank accounts you'd think that obviously they've gone through them and seen unless they had like a whole bunch of like stacked up cash. Yeah. But in saying that as we went into lockdown, so where the heck are they going to escape to? Even if they did escape, they would have been found by now. It's been a year. Yeah, exactly. And I think if they had planned to run away and they thought, all right, let's withdraw heaps of money and we'll get ourselves another mobile phone. That just seems like so much effort when they've been used to so much secrecy. For so long. Yeah, exactly. Just seems like too much effort when they were obviously comfortable with what they were doing. See, the, see, I completely agree. There was a sighting though, so investigators haven't ruled out a theory that the pair had vanished intentionally, with the possible sighting two hours drive away from Black Snake Creek. You know how I feel about that. Oh gosh, <laughs> snakes um, and Eagle Valley River. So um, apparently that that was three months ago, and um, that was a quite recent article. So that was pretty interesting, but I'm still not sold on that. I really don't think that they would have gone. Not that they wouldn't have gone to that much effort, but like you said, why now? So there was a sighting of them together. No, there was a, a sighting of an elderly couple. It could be uh, anything. Yeah. So they're just saying that the investigators haven't ruled it out, but um, yeah, they they can't seem to. Yeah, they haven't been able to verify any sightings. So there's obviously been random sightings of them around, um, but investigators have not verified any of the sightings that have been reported. Yeah. Okay. So another theory is that they were hurt. So walking in the bush or they've hurt yep. themselves. Yep. Yep. And, obvi- and then there's two parts to that. So um, one of the things is obviously if Carol was hurt, you'd think Russell was quite experienced. So he would be able – he'd be in a situation where he'd be able to get help, whether that was, you know, um, getting on the radio to one of his friends or mm-hmm. – yeah, they just think that he would he would have been able to get – help whether that's you know making her comfortable and then running back to the campsite he would have known how to get back there and things like that but if Russell was hurt what that Carol is not in her you know like it's not familiar place at all so 
what would have happened in that situation? Yeah. And, and, you know, that may, like, that may be a viable theory, but that it doesn't explain what, where the sleeping bags are. Or the fire. Or the fire, exactly. So let's say they did hurt themselves in the bush. Someone has still come along and burnt their campsite. Exactly. So... And thrown around the chairs. Like, that's just, it's so weird. And going back to that fire, they do think it was a man-made fire. So it wasn't just something that accidentally caught fire in their tent. They think it was a man-made fire. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely intentional. Even just looking at the photo. I think we should post the photo of the campsite on our Instagram so everyone can have a look. But it just, it does. It does look like a man-made fire. It is, it's, it's really obvious, I think. Yeah, I agree. Even just looking, you can just look like I'm not even, you know, a fire. I don't even look at fires often. And I look at that and I'm like, what the heck? Like, this is just odd. And it looks a bit controlled as well. Like I said before, the fact that it hasn't trailed off, it's surrounded by trees and stuff. Like, how has it not trailed off, you know, into that wildlife? Yeah. What's not wildlife, is it? Into that bush. (laughs) Bush. (laughs) Um. So another now this theory is really interesting. Okay, so it's sort of like a two part, I guess. So one, we'll start off with. I'm going to go with this one because I think it's more unlikely. So maybe that Russell has caught something on his drone that maybe he shouldn't have. Okay, whether that's like a dr- like drug crops. Mm, yeah. Okay. So that's. One of the theories, which I, I know online there's a lot of discussions about him, you know, coming across something that he shouldn't have. And it does sound a little bit far-fetched, but do you know something crazy? So there was a man named Warren Mayer. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Have you heard of him? No. Police found a cannabis crop while searching for him and later received a tip-off alleging that he was murdered when he stumbled stumbled across a marijuana operation. How do you feel about that? Um, I think it's possible because, you know, if people were out planting these plants in a place like that, it's obviously a pretty um, full-on operation they've got going I feel, on. I, I feel think. like... I, and I just think that, yeah, I feel like people that would go to that effort to plant the plants and whatever, I think they would take it quite seriously. You know, like I, I would see that as, as a gang, like a, a gang type thing. Like, I don't but know. don't you think the police would have stumbled across it by now? That's the only thing. Like, I'm all for conspiracies, like, you know me, but that I feel like the police, if it would was have, with the, like, they're obviously older than, you know, and they're elderly. So they couldn't have traveled that. Oh, but I guess it's his drone that's traveled far, isn't it? But still, wouldn't the police have, like, scoured the area in a little plane or something? Like, you'd think that they would have come across this crop, you know? Like, I feel like murdering the – like, wouldn't you just try to grab the drone or something? Because by actually murdering them, you're actually creating more attention to that area. But then I think, like, people that are into the drug trade that are really violent and experienced criminals, you know, that maybe they – killed them and then got rid of all their crops because they knew that it was going to blow up. But then that, you know, makes me think if they are these kind of experienced criminals that thought, okay, we've got to kill them, we've got to get rid of all our crops, they would have, you know, probably burnt their car. They would have done a lot more to hide it. So it just makes me feel like whoever is responsible wasn't very experienced in doing stuff like this because there are kind of a lot of mistakes. Like there's a lot of things left behind and like questions that are a bit weird. So I don't think it's a, I don't think he's captured anything on his drone. I think, I don't think that. that, Oh, you don't? That's interesting. No, no, I don't. I think, yeah. So one of the other. Maybe just the drug thing that I, I don't think could have happened just because I would think that, yeah, they'd be experienced criminals and they would have probably done a better job at uh, getting rid of everything see that's really interesting this see that I wasn't leading as much towards that more because as I said I was thinking the police surely would have found some sort of evidence of a drug crop or something like that because they've been searching for a year now but this next theory may yeah definitely 
got me a little bit more interested okay. regarding deer hunters. So deer hunting is really illegal in that area, but yep. there is a lot of evidence to show that it's going on in that area. Yeah. So whether that's he's come across a deer hunter or whether that's his drone has caught people deer hunting, uh, I definitely found that real like a really interesting theory. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you think about the deer hunters? So I did a bit of Googling this morning about this because I was thinking the same thing and I wanted to know what the fine is if you get caught illegally hunting deer like in Victoria because I thought if if it's like, you know. A few thousand, yeah. Yeah, if it's like a really, really big fine or possibly jail time, sure. But it's from what I found and I don't know if I found, you know, the most – accurate information but from what i found you can you might get fined a couple of thousand bucks maybe five thousand bucks i guess depending on you know how how many deer you kill you might get fined a little bit more but it didn't from what i read it didn't seem significant enough to kill two people yeah um but then i i also think that people i don't i don't want to offend anyone here but i think people that hunt animals they're not i just i don't know not all, not all okay. A bit more savage, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just not your average, not your average person. I don't think, um, and maybe a bit rough. So uh, maybe they did get, maybe they did get caught um, hunting deer, and they just. I, I'm like thinking out loud here. Cause I'm not making a lot of sense, but um, <laughs> no, that's me always. Because you know, you never know. A group of got like a group of young blokes together, maybe that were drinking, maybe that were on drugs, hunting deer. You know, having a bit of a boys' trip. Maybe they may have thought it would be a bit of fun to mess with two elderly people. Yeah, that's so sad. Oh. Yeah, because like you know, you hear about things like that all the time. You know, they've maybe they've just gotten together and they're all a bit drunk, and you know on drugs and they just thought it'd be funny because you know one so that i know what you mean with the as in like as in if the the drone had caught them but let's just say staying on on that road how about if they've accidentally hit someone like if they've accidentally shot russell or carol because i I did read about this theory i did read about that that's the same sort of path but sort of like no get rid of that drone and let's go on that path because I think that's very likely if they've accidentally shot one of them, they're like, why would you kill the other, other one? So say, like, say you did accidentally shoot someone, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't think, oh shit, I better shoot the other person as well. (laughs) No, I feel like you would. Yes. Because think about this. You're not meant to be out there shooting stuff. You've just killed one person and this sounds so bad, but they're like, we either this this is this person has witnessed what we've done. How are we gonna get? You cannot get away with it unless you kill the witness. Because mm. how else are you know? You know what I mean? Like how else are you gonna? Like they're probably thinking jail time or whatever. They've, even though it's an accident, they shouldn't have been there shooting in the first place. And now mm. they've got to deal with. Do you know what I mean? And I honestly think it's more than one person. I know that like there's all different theories, but I don't think it's one person. I feel like it's. A group. I think it's yeah. a group. Yeah. Like I don't, per- I don't think that it was a stray bullet. I, I just don't. Very unlikely, but yeah, you just never know. Now, this could be one of my favourite theories, Lockie. Okay. I'm ready. Have you heard of the button man? Yes, I've heard of the button man. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my God. Where do, you, where do we even begin talking about the button man? It's You tell me. You tell me. Tell me what you've heard about the button man. So the button man is this guy. He lives in Victoria. I don't think people know where he lives, but he regularly goes up to that Mansfield, Victorian Alps area and just hangs out for months at a time. So he he doesn't live there. He comes and goes, but he just literally just like lives off the land. Like he camps there, I assume, but he, it's been reported that he, you know, he kills deer as well. He, he's a deer hunter, but he can get quite close to the deer, which is really weird because deer have a really good sense of um, hearing. And he does weird things like he stacks stones on the edge of a road and then when a car drives past and the stones get knocked over, he knows that someone's in a certain area. Yes. And there's 
there's been so many reports of him kind of just walking into people's campsites or just watching people that are camping from afar. I actually read a report that um, the wildlife the, photographer is that what you're um, possibly. There, it was like a group of people okay. that were camping, and they thought that they like could see someone kind of watching their camp, but didn't think too much of it. And then the next morning, they had cameras and stuff there and they looked at it and there was a photo of them sleeping yes that's so that's apparently there's a wildlife photographer yeah and he had yeah it must be the exact same story and he had like a weird feeling that someone was there when he woke up I think that there was food that was taken and his campsite wasn't the way he left it and when he got home and uploaded his photos was photos of him sleeping what the heck and it's, it's funny that we're talking about this because I was talking about this case with a friend last night at this wedding that I was at. And this friend of mine, he uh, goes up to that area quite regularly and he was with his friends and they had like a trailer or something. They were towing something and whatever they were towing started to jackknife, you know, when it kind of sways back and forth. Oh, yeah. They, lo- they lost control of whatever they were towing and they'd all kind of jumped out and were, you know, trying to get this thing back on the road. And guess who shows up? The button man. Shut up. Yes. And my friend that was telling me about this has photos. So he's taken a photo of them. You know, he took a photo of the trailer when it jackknifed. And then a few seconds later, he took another photo and the button man is standing there. And he's just kind of standing in the middle watching everyone. And Andy, when he was telling me, you know, he said he was quite creepy, but he did seem a little bit harmless. Like he, he just seemed a bit odd. He was just like an odd guy. You know? Can I tell you, there's a few things. One, like when I, one, did you know this guy is in his like, I think he's old, like he's old, his yeah. 70s. Yes, he's old, but he like, I imagine him to be really hairy, like <laughs> that guy from like, <laughs> like a Bigfoot. Yes, like that guy, is it Star Wars? And he's got like heaps of Chewbacca. hair on his face. <laughs> yes, that's what I, that's literally what I'm picturing. Yeah. Well, from the photo that I saw last night, he wasn't hairy. But he was old. He was old, yeah. He was an older guy. Like, dressed quite well, you know. Like, he wasn't, like, shaggy and gross. Like, he he was dressed quite well. Like, I I think this the button man thing is creepy and I think he's a really creepy guy to do all this stuff to campers and stuff. But, um... I think the police have cleared him, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. The police. He, he he has been interviewed, and he obviously sat down for the interview, and he has been cleared. But you know, he's been questioned over a few missing uh, persons in that area, which oh, is really? crazy. Yep. And I don't know if you know this, but Russell's friend of almost thirty years, Robbie, mm. uh, he had said that they had gone up to King Billy Track about a year earlier. Yeah, and that Russell and another one of his friends had actually encountered the button, the button man. man. How oh, crazy is that? And apparently, as well, the week—I think it was a week or two before—Russell uh, had gone camping with Carol. He had gone camping by himself, and I think Button Man was also camping in exactly the same vicinity. Apparently, he, Button Man doesn't like like people around people like, around camping. Him. Yeah, yeah, camping yeah. around him. But honestly, that's oh, that gave me the creeps. That yeah, guy, just the thought of this guy like roaming around in the bush and it, the fact that he's in his seventies—that's even creepier. Yeah, yeah, I think it's creepy as well. Although, think, the, like, if if he was a normal person and he's been interviewed multiple times for missing people, he would maybe think, "Oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I exactly. shouldn't be walking into people's <laughs> camps." But he he obviously isn't deterred at all. But I, I mean, when I read about this, it was the first thing I thought, I'm like the button man for sure. But <laughs> I think, um, I think if the police have cleared him, I think like, yeah, and for two people as well, like yeah, exactly. I know, I know. But yeah. oh, it's just such a weird situation, I guess, that there's like yeah. a, a little butter man living in the bush. And also I had read on Reddit and I could not stop laughing because I didn't even know what button man was. Like I knew the name button man and I was Googling, but I didn't know why he was called the button man <laughs> until like I read it's something to do with antlers, deer antlers or something. Yeah, he carves them into buttons. Okay, because someone on Reddit, I, was, I honestly could not stop oh, no. laughing. Actually, wrote is does is the button man <laughs> named the button man because he wears a lot of buttons like <laughs> on his shirt. And I was like, that's exactly what I thought. So I'm happy I'm not the only one that thought this. But how funny is that? Yeah, no, because he hunts deer and he takes their antlers and he carves them into buttons. 
And I think he, earrings. I think he's got like those big earrings. Oh. Like the in what his ears. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which we should actually discuss that there has been um, another. So there was four people, including Russell and Carol, that have gone missing within the same 12 months in the same area. I think it's like a 60-kilometre radius. So have you Mm. seen anything about this? No, but that's quite weird. Isn't (laughs) it? And there has been no trace of them, of all four of them. Like how weird is that? That's very weird. Although I was talking about this with my husband, Michael, before, and he he made a point and said, okay, well, if there's all these people missing and from the same area, wouldn't that have been connected a long time ago? Time ago? Well, I think it's just because they've all been like randomly missing. Like I'll just give like a quick one line on, yeah. on, on, um, I think it was Niles Becker. So mm-hmm. he went, he was, he went, not camping sorry he went hiking for his 39th birthday so he wanted to do a five-day hike which he really you know got into I think for months and months he was um he was really like I don't know what's the thing I'm not practicing but like you know like into the training yeah training yeah going on long walks and things like that so he was really prepared for his hike and I think the fourth day or the, must have been the third or the fourth day he had contacted his family saying you know that he was doing well whatever and they've never heard from him again oh he literally God. disappeared off the face of the earth so I'm quite sure by obviously when he didn't return home and they didn't hear from him they think something's happened to him on the fourth day because he didn't he never contacted his family and I think he was heading towards Mount Buller and they know that obviously there's reception up there and if he got to that last yeah. night he, he would have yeah, and he didn't. So one, I actually was on a web sleuths before and somebody, and you know, I love my conspiracy theories. <laughs> this is a little bit out there, but it's still, I need to throw it in. Yeah. Um, someone on there had mentioned how about if he, if Niles wanted to go missing and he's out there living in the bush and Carol and Russell came across him. Yeah, okay. And he was not into it. Like, he did, didn't want anyone didn't want to know that he had, Yeah, because he's literally disappeared without a choice. But in my head, I'm like, why would he keep contact with his family if that's what – you exactly. know what I mean? Like, if someone to go missing, why why put your family through that? Write them yeah, a little note. Missing, and you'd say, I'm going on a five-day hike, I'll speak to you in five days. Yeah. You wouldn't or, constantly check in. Yeah. Mm. I feel like that if, like, you want to go missing, just write a little note. Say, I'm not mm. loving this life. Don't look for me. I'm okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you've got I, your bags I, and out. Yeah. Um, and or now Conrad is another missing person. Now his is a little that again really weird and eerie. He was experiencing um a few headaches before he went. So he went missing in July last yeah. year. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Niles went missing in October, and then Conrad went missing. Um, in July of the same year. Sorry, I should have done them. My brain, I should have actually done them in order. Sorry about that. Um, but uh, Conrad, so he had told his wife, he had, was having headaches and he had told his wife, like, when I get up, when you get up in the morning, I probably won't be here. He was going to try, I think, get like a scan or get into the doctors or something like that. Yeah. And I think they worked together. Oh, don't quote me, but I think they may have had like a, um, they had a racing car or something. Um, he was really happy businessman. Um, Anyway, so he, his wife gets up and he wasn't there and she didn't think anything of it. But I think like as the day went on, she hadn't heard from him and she's like, what the heck's going on? And I'm not sure if, as I said, they work together or she's just, um, she's noticed obviously she can't get a hold of her husband. So she's gotten someone at work to track his phone. Oh, God. And they've found his phone at like on, on the side of the road. So at an unnamed corner, hang on, I'm just trying to say, I think again, it was right near Mount Buller. And the creepiest thing about that is, so I'm quite sure he must have left the house at 3 a.m. in the morning and at 6 a.m. it must, is there like a ticket thing to get into Mount Buller? Yeah. Yeah. So it it records him going through that area and then he's pulled off on the side of the road, just like at an unknown um, corner. He's never hiked before. He's not a hiker or anything like that. And cars have recorded, like a driving past his car and he's in the car. And yep. then for 10 to 15 minutes, no cars pass him. Yeah. And the next car that passes him, he's not in the car and nobody oh knows what happened God. to him. How crazy is that story? Wow. That's crazy. So that's, and they're all within the space of the year. Yeah. Mm. A few months apart as well. Yeah. It's weird. 
So I really oh, hope okay. this does obviously get resolved. I know that there have been a few developments. Yeah. Um, even in the last few days, I think they've popped a lot more um, detectives and things on the case. Yeah. So I know that they're also looking for a ute at the moment. Have you seen anything about that? I did see something about that. They've yeah, they've got a car kind of that they're trying to find. Yeah, we should we'll definitely post about that as well. I know that with the um they have they've tracked down everybody that was around in that area. Yeah. Which is pretty cool apart from this one car. They haven't they haven't given the make and model. Oh, okay. Yeah, they I, I'm quite sure they have maybe because they don't want to put anyone um like yeah. obviously like not in trouble, but like so it's a white dual cad cab, sorry, four wheel uh drive ute. And the make and model is unknown. Um yeah. and they think that it's this person and he was traveling with someone else, which makes me think they're onto something. So yeah. they think it's two people. Yeah. And they think that they were the last to see them. And you know, sorry, just because this is just odd. So obviously the police, like, you know, we're not saying you're suspects, but please, you need to be made made known to us so we can cancel you guys out. The fact that yeah. no one's come forward, that's yeah. sus in itself. That is sus, yeah. That kind of, like, I mean, we'll talk about this at the end because I'd love to know what you think, but that, like, what I think has happened, that kind of reinforces that a little bit. Doesn't it? I, I, mm. I think we're on similar pages. Also this week they've had the... um the cadaver dogs out looking for them and they've come across nothing mm, weird um so which is yeah really crap i know i was excited i think it was like two weeks ago they had found a drone yep and they thought it might be fred but it wasn't mm. but they are looking at the footage on this drone to see yeah if, you know if there's anything, anything else on there like um yeah any links or anything to do with that but yeah that's at the moment they're the development so I'm really curious to see what will happen with this white I, I might actually pop it on our Instagram even as yeah. our stories um so yeah. anyone who's got that car or was in that area or if you know someone was that was in the area yeah. definitely contact Crime Stoppers but what are your thoughts on this case okay so my theory is that there was a group of people like a small group of people maybe two or three guys young guys that were out hunting, drinking, doing drugs, just, you know, being reckless and thought it would be funny. Like maybe they spotted Russell and Carol, you know, noticed that Russell had the drone, probably thought maybe he's got a bit of cash or he's, you know, a bit well off, thought that it would be funny to come back to their camp and rob them, you know, started in the car, looked through their wallets, took their debit cards, whatever, and then Russell has heard something happening, put his shoes on and got out to see what had happened. And then an altercation has, has happened. Um, I don't know, they shot him or whatever. They've killed Russell then. And then Carol has kind of, you know, realised what happened. Yep, they've killed Carol. They've removed them in their sleeping bags because it was easier for them to carry. And then they just chucked everything on and burnt it and left. Yeah, I, I'm on on exactly the same page. Yeah. That or I, I do, as I said to you, I still am a little bit on that, as you said, the hunting side. Like I think they were hunters. I don't think they were just normal campers. I think mm-hmm. that they there was like they were hunting or doing something illegal. Um, whether they – I don't know. I just find it so hard to think that someone would be so evil. Not that if you caught someone like hunting, that like you know what I mean, that's a bit more motive like – how could you be so evil apart from robbing them? Like, you know what I mean? To, to have to kill them, like, that's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But you never know, like, they could have panicked or already been kind of in that headspace of just, you know, like, stirring up shit, you know? like Yeah. Especially if it's a group of them and they're on something, they might not have been in their right frame of mind. Yeah. But had- and I think, like, if if this group of people were hunting or whatever, hanging out in that area they would have a pretty good idea of where to hide the bodies. I don't think the bodies were there. I think they've been removed and disposed of somewhere else. And I think whoever did that knew the area quite well and knew all of the isolated spots that people couldn't get to and that's where they are. Yes, I I tend to agree with you with the bodies. I don't think they're in that area. I don't think they're anywhere near that area. And I also think that COVID helped them. 
I think yeah. COVID helped them so much because like, like we said, like there wasn't just like your everyday like campers and explorers out and about, even um, they had said like, obviously last Easter, we're all still in lockdown. So for someone to be able to, if someone's from that area, obviously they're not going to get caught if they're in the bush for them to be yeah. able to move it. It would have been, I think it would have been so much easier than yeah. if, it was your everyday. Like I think it would have been harder if we weren't in COVID. If that makes sense, if we weren't yeah. in lockdown. Yeah, yeah I agree. Because the likelihood of you running into someone, even though it's not highly likely, it still happens. Like we saw with the other campers that walk past their site. Whereas if no mm. one's allowed out of their house, what a great time to go back and get the bodies because you know yeah. no one's going to be out and about. You're not going to bump into anyone. Maybe button them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe button them. Yeah, I I think. Yeah, that's viable. And especially because, um, I mean, I, I really wanted to know if there was footprints in the area or if there was, like, tyre tracks and things like that, but they didn't get there till eight days later. Yeah. And I'd love to know, did they hear, did anyone hear gunshots? Yes. Um, obviously, they would have checked if their bank accounts have been used, but if their phones have pinged anything, I'd love to know that. You know what creeps me out as well? Those savage dogs they were talking about oh, in the yes. documentary. They were going yes. on about these savage dogs that will that they will literally leave no trace of you, which yeah is crazy. But then again, if like you said, if these people are aware of the sa- savage dogs, and then yeah. you know what, they know to put the bodies in the area, but take. Because a dog's not going to eat a drone. Like, you know what I mean? No. But if they yeah. take those items, yeah, the bodies can't be found. And do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. sorry, just before we finish up, I wonder, you know, like, would the drone have, like, a tracking? Like, if that drone was turned on, wouldn't that connect to his phone? I don't know. I think it depends what type of drone it is. I know a lot of drones do connect to your phone. But, but... maybe it has to be in a certain area. Like, it's like yeah, it would be... Yeah, and the photos I saw of Russell with his drone, it looked like it had a remote control. Yeah. Because I know a lot of other drones, you control it with your phone. Ah, interesting. But he had an actual remote control. So I think that maybe it wasn't, like, it was obviously a fancy drone for how much it cost, but it wasn't, like, Like a hardcore phone, have a cloud and all that. Yeah. Yeah, it was mm, interesting. Gosh, well, anyone with information, please contact Crime Stoppers. So 1-800-333-000 or you can log on to their website, which is www.crimestoppersvic.com.au. Awesome. And we'll post some photos on our Instagram for everyone to see. Um, our Instagram handle is at Caffeine Crime and Canines. Um, and, yeah, we regularly post on that. So join, uh, follow it for a bit of a... Information and fun and, and feedback. caring of the dogs. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but let us know if you have a case you want us to, to cover. You can send, a, send us a message on Instagram and we'll, we'll look into that as well. Um, but, yeah, this was fun. It was fun. Let's hope. Yeah, we have some updates in the coming weeks, especially now that it's been so busy up there over the Easter break. Yeah. Never know. Yeah. Yeah, someone might come across. But, yeah, definitely fun talking with you, Lockie. Yes, it was great fun. And we um, obviously will do another podcast next week, so everyone keep a lookout for that as well. Yes, please. And give us a five-star rating and review us, please. We would love that. Yeah, we would love it. All right. Bye.